Hello, Channel Pros. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Thank you for listening. For all my listeners in the States, I hope you had a relaxing Thanksgiving holiday. I sure did. I'm Rob Spee, the host of Channel Journeys. This is a very busy time of year, and it can even get a bit stressful with lots of Q4 business to close. We've got 2023 planning that's in full swing. We've got the holidays to prepare for. This is also the first week of Advent, which reminds me that I've also got to make sure I pause from all the business occasionally and find some peace and joy. The peace and joy that I can receive in the anticipation of Christmas when we celebrate Christ's birth. I hope you can all do the same. Find some peace and joy regardless of your religion. As you know, on Channel Journeys, I talk with channel experts who share real life stories of what works and what doesn't and things that they're doing. And it's about getting things done. They're facing the same challenges that we're all facing in building successful partnerships. With all the talk about marketplaces taking place all over the world, you may be wondering how to get listed on a marketplace, or if you're already listed, how to win on the marketplace. That's a common challenge that many of us face. And with the AWS reInvent show taking place this week, what perfect time to talk about their marketplace why it can be a game changer, and what you need to do to get on their marketplace and win. In this episode, it's a bit different. I've got two guests today. I'm speaking with David Manx, the VP of Alliances at Beyond Trust, and David was tasked with getting us on the AWS marketplace. I've also got Felipe Connell, who leads a team of partner development managers for AWS's Emerging Security Partnerships. Before we begin, I want to give a big shout out to Allbound, the sponsor of Channel Journeys. If you're setting up a new partner portal or swapping out an old one, you need to check them out. Allbound is the maker of a world-leading partner portal that many vendors rely on to manage their diverse partner ecosystems. That includes managing your dealers and master agents, your VARs, distributors, as well as alliance partners and system integrators. And Allbound is really fast and easy to set up. Their user interface makes it easy on partners to collaborate with you on co-selling and co-marketing as they're ramping up on their training and certifications. So be sure to check them out at allbound.com. Okay, are you ready to learn how to win on the AWS Marketplace? Let's go. Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Felipe, Dave, hey, good afternoon. Thanks for joining me here on the Channel Journeys podcast. Great to have you here. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah. So uh, this is a little bit different. We're having two folks on the podcast. Normally, I just have one guest, but I did a, an experiment with, I think, four guests. Dave, you know, at, at the end of our partner advisory board over in Monaco, we had a ton of fun. And uh, I think it's a great idea to get you both on here to get two perspectives. Let's just lay it out. What are the perspectives that we're going to get here? Felipe, tell us what you do at AWS. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. So my name is Felipe Coniel. I'm at AWS. I've been working with AWS uh, five years, joined AWS last year to do basically the other side of what I was doing before when I was partnering with AWS. And what I do at AWS and what I'm passionate about is listing software in the marketplace and seeing our partners and our ISVs be successful in the marketplace. So as I said earlier, I've been working both in the ISV side, partnering with AWS, and now in my latest role at AWS, helping 
ISVs such as yourself find access, access AWS and the AWS marketplace. That's great. So you've been on both sides of the equation. Yes, I have. I have. And you're in the you're in a security practice. Is that right? Yes. 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 So I've been in security, working with AWS primarily in the security space. How many different categories do you have at AWS for the marketplace? Are there leaders in multiple different industry categories? Yeah, so that's a great question. So the way that we used to do it in AWS Marketplace is we follow the standard categories out there in the industry for security, uh, you know, following a NIST model or and then expand to some of the other categories. One of the interesting things that we've done with AWS Marketplace in the last uh, uh, six months is that we actually integrated it with our partner organization. So now AWS partner organization and marketplace are the same teams. And why that this is important is because it has actually allowed us to expand the categories that we're tracking now. Okay. Because now we are tracking security. So I am responsible for three categories, GRC or governance, risk and compliance, data security, and then and threat intelligence. But we have other categories and category managers ac- across APO that are managing both all of the partnership angles with AWS as well as the marketplace and the marketplace go-to-market. Okay, great, great. And I want to talk about that reorg later on today as as we chat. Dave, let's talk about you and your role. We're colleagues at Beyond Trust. Let's share with the audience what you do. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, Dave Manx, and I'm the Vice President of Strategic Alliances at Beyond Trust. So I manage all of our technology partnerships, strategic alliances, of course, working closely with AWS, both from a partnership standpoint and for the AWS marketplace. So uh, me and my team and a very large cross-functional lot of individuals across Beyond Trust were responsible for working with AWS to get our marketplace instance stood up. So we're working closely uh, with that. So we're excited to be out on the uh, AWS marketplace and to be partnering together with AWS. I've been with Beyond Trust for a year now. Actually, next month will be uh, my one-year anniversary, believe it or not. We actually just closed our first deal on the marketplace, so it's pretty new to us. We're just getting started. So I think we're going to learn a lot from this as well. So Felipe, um, share with us, why, why are ISVs like Beyond Trust launching on the marketplace? What's the opportunity there? Marketplace is a great way to reach out our AWS customers and the AWS customer base that's already in the AWS cloud. Uh, When we first uh, started working with AWS and released AWS, we found a lot of our customers were actually consuming services in AWS, but you cannot solve every problem with an AWS services. And we found the need that our customers were coming to us and saying, we want to procure our best of breed partner solutions the same way that we procure software in AWS. Mm-hmm. That was the, the beginnings of Marketplace 10 years ago. It really started back from, if you fo- follow AWS, we work from the customer backwards. And it started with our customers coming to us and saying that they want that same flexibility they have with AWS to work with the Marketplace. That was 10 years ago. Marketplace turned 10 years ago this year. I didn't, I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, we just turned 10 years. This, Not uh, a baby anymore. Not a baby anymore. And where I'm going with that is that we've had a lot of time to evolve into different motions and different and different things that actually make the the proposition for the ISV stronger. And I'm sure we'll cover those in, in a few minutes. But I mean, the key thing is 
AWS customers, when they buy AWS uh, partner solutions, they wait the same way they want to buy AWS services and marketplace is a great way to extend your supply chain into reaching those AWS customers. Yeah. So the reason an ISV like Beyondtrust would want to be there is that's where customers want to buy today. Yes. Partners now have a way to engage in it. So it's a place where everyone should be. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. So now let's double click on that and, and, and explain a little bit why do customers want to buy in AWS market. Obviously, the first is you want to buy, uh, you're already used to buying AWS services that way. You're an IT administrator, you're managing infrastructure. You already have budgets for driving your AWS spend. So if suddenly a, an AWS partner is offering a solution that you can buy that would actually help you solve the problem you are, we want them to buy that solution with the same flexibility they can buy an AWS service. And through the AWS marketplace, uh, they can actually procure that software and utilize their same invoicing so it all goes against their AWS bill. And for those of you sellers out there, same budget. And that's very important because a lot of times when you're trying to sell software, you need to identify a budget that you can tie that software purchase to. And what the customers have already now is they have allocations uh, to buy for AWS services. So we are extending that option through the marketplace that they can use those budgets and those credits against uh, AWS marketplace third-party uh, purchases, just like uh, your offerings. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Dave, did you know joining Beyond Trust, even before you joined, that you needed to get us on the marketplace? I did. As a matter of fact, that was definitely part of the early conversations that, that, that I had with the executive team. Uh, it was something that I've done uh, in uh, my prior life. So I've done this uh, before. Uh, you I, did this I, at SailPoint, right? I did. I, I, I did. I, I got uh, SailPoint up on the marketplace uh, and then I came over to Beyond Trust and uh, knew I'd get to, uh, to do this all over again. So uh yeah, but it was definitely something that uh, we had talked a lot about uh, as part of my early discussions with the leadership team was we, we knew that Beyondtrust needed to be out on the marketplace for, for all the reasons that Felipe mentioned is our, our customers and prospects are buying that way. Uh, they want to be able to purchase additional solutions. Uh, that enables a consolidated solution for them to purchase, taking advantage uh, of those credits, that uh, enterprise discount. So yeah, so we, we knew that customers wanted to be there and it wasn't a matter uh, of when, but uh, you know, certainly uh, a matter of you know, quickly moving in that direction to, uh, to be out in the marketplace for transactions. I was just listening to an interview of your, one of your leaders and he was sharing some statistics uh, around the, the benefits of being on the marketplace for the vendors. Chris Cruz was on at an event being interviewed. It was pretty interesting. And he was talking about ISV seeing faster close rates, faster wins, higher win rates, bigger uplifts. Do you see that, Felipe, when you're starting to work with ISVs? Absolutely. So I saw it as an ISV when we were first in the marketplace. You experienced uh, it yourself. We experienced it ourselves. So, you know, I can come up with quick examples. One, one deal we had, the customer had purchased us through the marketplace in a small quantity and then they wanted to do a bigger deal and, and they want to try to do it outside of the marketplace because of some of the product configurations they were looking at, we didn't have any marketplace. That deal took another 60 days from an existing customer to close because we were closing it outside of the marketplace. One of the things mm -hmm. that the marketplace greatly simplifies is that procurement cycle. 
where uh, a lot of those budgets are pre-approved and it's literally one click from accepting a private offer mm -hmm. and procuring the software. While in a traditional world, uh, you know, you have to go to the approvals, you get to have to get the signatures, all of these steps on the traditional sales process that the marketplace really simplifies. And, you know, that I think it's one of the big, big value propositions of how the ISP accelerates. Back to that comment that you were making about Chris Cruz. I think Chris Cruz, who is the GM and VP for Marketplace uh, and actually the APO organization now, he likes to quote that study because it's a very powerful story that was done by Forrester. And to the numbers that you were, just to simplify the study, there's three key insights from that study. 80% richer deal sizes when deals go through Marketplace. 27% higher win rate when uh, ISVs are comparing their pipeline in marketplace against their pipeline uh, outside of marketplace, and 40% uh, faster sales cycles. And there's reasons for each of them, but just to simplify it and in the interest of time is if you can, the AWS seller is a trusted entity into an account. If you can partner with the AWS seller and do co-sell correctly, and by selling through the marketplace uh, and ensure that that AWS seller is incentivized to position your solution into that account, it's very powerful into the customer. And that's why we're seeing these metrics actually accelerate when people are transacting through the marketplace and upside. Yeah, makes sense. Dave, what was your biggest driver for wanting to get Beyond Trust on the marketplace? You know, it was a couple of things. Uh, as we said uh, earlier, customers uh, are wanting to purchase that way. So you've got to be where your customers want to buy. Mm -hmm. uh, we see resellers on uh, AWS CPPOs. Uh, they are selling that way. Uh, you've got uh, distributor record uh, uh, DORs or DOSRs that are moving in that direction. So, you know, we talk a lot about the ecosystem when we talk about alliances and partnerships. The whole ecosystem is moving towards this marketplace approach. So we knew mm -hmm. that we had to be there. Your competitors are there. Your customers want to purchase that way. Your resellers are wanting to buy that way. So you need to be there from a directional standpoint. Yeah. It's like that party in high school. You better be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. Felipe, Felipe, uh, the marketplace is 10 years old, which I didn't realize. How big is it? How big is a 10 year old? How, how much is being transacted now in the marketplace? If you can share that. Well, we normally don't break down uh, uh, AWS marketplace revenues, but I do believe uh, we've done it for the first time in the last reInvent. Mm -hmm. And remember we came out, it, it's in the billions. It's, it's in, in the, the billions. So, yeah, that's huge. Which is huge. And it, what's, uh, what's really interesting is how it's accelerating. Because at the beginning, again, marketplace started, we were doing like, pay as you go, which is like where people are just uh, getting specific software solutions on a pay as you go basis in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. It was a virtual machine of some offering that you've run. And yeah. over the last couple of years, you know, we've accelerated to introducing SaaS and SaaS type of motions in the marketplace, containers, data exchange and data feeds that you can procure to the marketplace. So as we're adding more and more ways that uh, sellers can uh, can list their products in the marketplace. We've seen that flywheel accelerating. Mm -hmm. And as you said, David, you know, once a customer starts seeing the benefits of buying through the marketplace, they start coming to us and saying, how can I buy more through the marketplace? Yeah. How can I fill the existing gaps? And that's where, you know, we have the healthy pressure to keep innovating for our 
customers and where we're always supporting new capabilities and new features in the marketplace for sellers just like Beyond Trust or any other sellers out there. Yeah. Can you share how many ISVs like Beyond Trust, like SailPoint that are participating today? Any, any rough estimate? Yeah. So in the ISVs, we are in the tens of thousands of ISVs participating. Tens of thousands. Yes, 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 yes. Participating okay. in the marketplace, listing their software, uh, listing their software listings in the marketplace. It's a big party. I'll add some numbers to that big party. Uh, this was a study that was done by uh, Tackle.io. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, they had identified across all of the, the marketplaces in general was a $240 billion uh, overall market, uh, a growth rate of 20%, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, is just you know huge. Uh, and another really cool stat that, that they talked about, uh, similar to the uh, stats that uh, Felipe was mentioning, 83% of organizations that initially buy in the marketplace will want to repurchase in the marketplace because they'll see the benefits They'll see the ease, so they'll want to just keep purchasing that way. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So we know it's a big opportunity. It sounds like it's the place to be, and anyone who's listing and their company's not listing yet, they probably want to get there. How do you get on the marketplace as an ISV, Felipe? What What are some of the things that an ISV needs to do to, to even get on the marketplace? Well, so getting on the marketplace is simple uh, in the terms of what you have to do is register as a seller uh, within the AWS Marketplace team. And then that would give you the uh, ability to list in the software marketplace. To list in the software marketplace, you basically have to figure out what your pricing structure is that you want Mm -hmm. in in the marketplace, what type of listings that you're going to put in the marketplace. So if you sell SaaS software or if you're selling like an Amazon, uh, Amazon machine image, which actually runs onto the customer premises, once you make those solu- uh, those decisions around listing, you work with the marketplace team, which will help you get the software listed out there and listed mm-hmm. in the marketplace catalog. That is the first step uh, to get listed. And that's, uh, like I like to say, that's where the journey begins. Mm-hmm. Because once you're listing, uh, then you are able to start figuring out what go-to-market motions you want to implement and what type of motions you want to implement to bring success into your listing in marketplace. Dave, was that our experience? Was that the the easy part, the beginning of the journey? Yeah, uh, that's definitely part of the journey. Uh, So, you know, you want to uh, make sure that you've got all of those uh, uh, precursors identified. Um, What is your listing going to be? Is it going to be a public listing uh, or are you going to have private transactions? What is your pricing model? Uh, Are you going to be selling via CPPOs? Uh, So those are are absolutely critical. But then I would say the next step with that is you've got to think about the complete end-to-end process. And that was something Mm -hmm. that that I I really drove within the Beyond Trust organization, started with the executive leadership team. Uh, As I mentioned, that was early in the conversations. And then as I started, I had a lot of discussions with them just looking for their commitment, looking for their buy-in across their organization, because it's got to come from the leadership team on down across the organization. It's got to be a big commitment because mm-hmm. it is a big change process. Um, then yeah. next is really working cross-functionally across the organization because it does include multiple facets of the organization, right? It's not just the billboard per se, but it's all the transactional backend process. So you've got to make sure that you've got that identified once a transaction takes place, um, what's going to happen from there? So you've got finance and tax and you know marketing and uh, you know enabling sales and partners. It's basically a product launch. 
Um, so yeah. that's the way that we thought about it. It was very strategic uh, and very cross-functional. Yeah, David, it's really what we do. And, and when you talk about building out a partner strategy for the company, you know, you've got to get ELT support, executive support, board level support many times. And then you've got to get that cross-functional leadership support and have a very uh, cross-functional team driving towards the same goal, right? And, and that's how you were able to execute this and get it launched. That's exactly right. Yeah. And, and then, you know, another critical component, again, just like we mentioned that launch, you've got to train and educate your sellers. They've got to be aware and understand how to talk to the value, a lot of that we're talking about today, uh, your channel yeah. partners, educating them. So that, that's a really important part is that end-to-end -end yeah, process. And we, we did a lot of internal education, didn't we? Just a let the sellers know um, how to do it. And then also talking with our partners and getting them comfortable with us going on the marketplace. Felipe, let's go there to the partner view because some partners get a little bit nervous when they hear that their vendor is going to the marketplace. They're, they fear that they're going to be cut out of the equation. That's not the case at all with, with these private offers. Yes, Lily. Uh, I'll answer that, but I, I also want to double down on something that David said that is so, yeah. that is so important and that and that you know it's so important uh, to do it and i'm glad that you know both david was able to do it in his organization with you guys and it's that enablement part because mm -hmm. getting that alignment and just like you said rob you want that alignment when you're building any type of uh partnership or, or executive partnership or any partnership or alliance but having that executive alignment with marketplace is also very important because what happens is once you list in the marketplace there's different motions you can explore, and we're about to touch on one that you asked me about, which is the private offer motion and how channel mm -hmm. partners participate. But regardless of either of these motions that happen, we want your sales teams to be excited about transactions going through the marketplace. That means quota retirement. So when a customer says, I want to buy something through the marketplace, your sales rep says, absolutely, and we support that. So it has to be uh, alignment where the sales, your sellers are incentivized to sell with the marketplace and are also enabled to position the marketplace. And the reason that this is so important is, as we all know in this podcast, co-sell is hard. And mm -hmm. to get co-sell right, uh, you have to do a lot of things right. And to get it wrong, all it takes is missing one area and it could potentially really impact. So we like, when we start connecting our ISPs with opportunities, we like to work with sales teams that know the value proposition that AWS plus the ISV solution does, and that they're excited to work with the marketplace. So aligning mm -hmm. those incentives and aligning those incentives in the fields and at the executive levels uh, with marketplace is very important uh, for this to scale. Yeah. So just wanted to add that there because it, it came up to my mind. But now to answer your, your second question, which is channel partners and, and how do they participate? So again, I like to talk about this as when we look at the journey of marketplace. We started 10 years ago, very simplified offering, helping uh, pay-as-you-go model self-service where customers would go into the marketplace and pick a solution like, for example, an antivirus or a WAF they wanted to run and deploy them to their infrastructure. What happened, we started hearing from our customers saying, hey, wait a second, there is value in me working with my ISV directly. I just don't want to buy my solution from a marketplace. I want to work with my ISV evaluating that this is the right solution. And we quickly realized, well, we have to make a motion 
where the ISB can be actually leading the sales and, and, and owning the sales relationship because that's how they're working with the customers. So we released private offers. Private offers was released four years ago only, but what private offers allows is allows an ISB to negotiate terms and pricing with the customer and then issue a private offer through the marketplace to fulfill the software through the marketplace. Mm -hmm. So the customer is getting quota retirement, if, uh, sorry, EDP retirement. We haven't talked about that, but EDP is Enterprise Discount Plan. It's commitment mm -hmm. plans that uh, a lot of our uh, trusted AWS customers have with AWS. When they buy through Marketplace, they can retire their Marketplace spend up to 100% or uh, up to 100% um, of their EDP. So where I'm going with this is that the customers uh, started wanting to buy through private offers and, and we enabled that. And then you had, okay, a high touch sales motion between the ISV and the customer. But mm -hmm. as everybody that's listening to this podcast knows well is the channel is super important. You know, the channel is what helps ISV scale. The channel is also a lot of times the trusted advisor into the customer more than the uh, ISV is. So we created a home uh, for the channel partners and we released the program uh, Consulting Partner Private Offers or CPPO. Yeah. So this motion, it's a two-tier motion where the ISV actually authorizes a a channel partner to resell the software on their behalf and the channel partner then is the one actually selling the software into the customer so right. in that model uh there is no charge for a channel partner to transact through the marketplace the isv paying the listing fee and, and a small uh, upcharge to go through a channel motion but there's zero friction from a channel partner to board mm -hmm. that, that business through the marketplace and that has been, we can talk about it, but that has been huge for us. That has really energized the channel community behind Marketplace. And I'm happy to go into a little bit of that. But absolutely, short answer to your question, yeah. yes, there is a home for channel partners in the AWS Marketplace. And, and in that equation, when there's a partner involved, that, that's a consulting partner, uh, the customer's paying Amazon and then Amazon is paying the partner. Is that how that works? Exactly. So the big thing, the big thing here is that we're simplifying. You know what we do with the marketplaces allow the ISVs to focus on their differentiators, which is making their product stronger and differentiated, rather than having to then build extra functions for collection and uh, and a, uh, AR of software. So what we do is, as you said. When the customer buys from either the ISV directly or, or the channel partner, that purchase goes into the customer's AWS bill. And mm -hmm. when they pay the they pay that invoice from AWS, the marketplace or we at AWS disimburse immediately to the ISV their part and to the channel partner uh, uh, their part of the transaction all automatically for them. So the, the partner doesn't benefits. have to worry about any any invoicing there, right, Dave? That's exactly what I was going to say. Is and that's the beautiful part for the channel is that they don't have to worry about billing, they don't have to worry about invoicing, they don't have to worry about collections. Uh, they can just take care of providing the the software and the services, which of course is their specialty. So they don't have to worry right. about that. And then all the other advantages that we talked about, right? Deal size and deal acceleration. They get to take advantage of all those benefits that the program brings. 
Yeah. Dave, at, at Beyond Trust, and, and like many organizations, we have separate leadership. You lead the alliances team, and then we have channel leadership, owning more of the transactional channel partners, as well as our service providers uh, and SIs. How does that work for you, and, and how do you think about the marketplace and, and leveraging these channel partners that it fall under a different organization? You know, I, I never let organizational structure change the way that I work, right? We, we talk about an ecosystem, and, and that's the way that, you know, we all interoperate within Beyond Trust. So I work closely with the channel team. I work closely with the, the global service provider team. Uh, we work with the account executives. As a matter of fact, you mentioned that deal that we just closed, and that was a great opportunity where the customer didn't have the budget. Uh, they were able to leverage their EDP credits. They didn't have a separate security budget, but they had to buy down those additional credits. So that was an immediate opportunity that we uncovered. Uh, and, and we uncovered it and executed the uh, marketplace agreement uh, in a matter of days. Uh, pulled in a channel partner, a CPPO. So as Felipe mentioned, from a process standpoint, we created the transaction, the private transaction on our side. We authorized the reseller. They then did their upsell, went to the customer, they clicked to accept. So it was a, a complete end-to-end -end and very clean process and you know, beneficial for all parties. And that was a deal that came in this quarter. Who knows when or if it would have come in if it hadn't been for the marketplace and that EDP and, and the, the incentive that it gives the customer under their commitment that they have with AWS under that, that contract. And the customer even said, hey, we didn't have the budget for this in our security budget. We, we needed this solution, and that's how we were able to, to fund this. Yeah. Uh, on the private offers, Felipe, I, I, are there something called that there's the CPPO, consulting partner? Is there also an SPPO, a, a solution provider? Is that something that has stuck? Yeah. So solution provider is a different program that we have. It works a lot like the CPPO program, but in this case, uh, consulting partners that are providing solutions from our ISV at a mass scale to our customers. Mm -hmm. They can, they can list as SPPO and what it allows them is just pre-negotiated discounts at a massive scale so that they don't even have to even work closely with the ISV to, you know, in the case of the ISV and CPPO, we're proactively uh, allowing ISV uh, consulting partners to sell the software. You're authorizing specific levels of discount. It's, think of the SPPO program at a, a much more at scale and much okay. less controls because those controls have already been negotiated as a solution provider outside of the marketplace. Okay. Gotcha. So there's a huge opportunity. We know how to get on the marketplace. We need executive buy-in. We've got to do cross-functional teaming to get it up on the marketplace, enable your sellers. What's next, Felipe? What are, what, how do we drive success? You know, now that we're up on the marketplace, we're, we're starting to get some deals in. What do you see as best practices for us to drive success with AWS and your sellers? Yeah. So a uh, couple of things. Uh, one is basically thought leadership. Uh, we want to make sure that you guys are integrated into the right programs at AWS where either because of the service integrations you have to specifically AWS services or a clean messaging of how you help customers uh, actually further their AWS, uh, their cloud migrations or their cloud security posture because these are the type of conversation tracks that AWS sellers, uh, when they're talking to the customers, need to have. They need to be able to talk about 
what your superpower as a seller in the AWS ecosystem is mm-hmm. and to be able to relate that to the customer uh, in, a, in a clean way. Uh, other things that I think are important is uh, the ability to, you know, really get all those transactions or all of your transaction types to be done through the marketplace. Uh, what we say about that is like, for example, let's say that you're supporting, oh, okay, yeah, we found an AWS customer with a budget that, can, that wants to transact through the marketplace. But what about renewals? Does it make sense to run renewals through the marketplace for you guys? Uh, is that if, if that's something that would add value to you because either the AWS sales teams or programs at AWS will help you managing that renewal pipeline. We find that a lot of our ISVs that have low dollar value renewals are like, yeah, great. Anything you can do to help me renew this software outside of my traditional renewal process, it's helped because it's very tedious to do renewals. Those might be motions that are good to have uh, in the marketplace. Uh, is that the Felipe? Sorry, is that the same seller at at AWS, or do you have a separate renewals sales team, or is it the same person doing both? So that's a great question. So we work on a independent uh, with an ISV and an ISV on a case by case basis. Okay. So if we decide to focus on that type of motions, uh, there might be resources that we can put to help you actually drive those uh, renewals down and help you partner with you on getting those renewals okay. uh, more automated. But in the field, uh, talking to the account, in many cases, it's, it's the same seller. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think that. But yeah. I think that you know what I find is you don't need another seller talking about a renewal. What you need is a better renewal process so that it's easier to get them across the board and get them renewed. Mm-hmm. Or even upsold, and that's right. where you know the AWS seller can play a, a a good part because maybe you already have that transaction and you have that renewal. But just like I was mentioning that Forrester study, by an AWS seller and one of your sellers doing a joint visit to an account, maybe we can find a upsell opportunity and grow that mm-hmm. renewal by fifty percent or eighty percent. Yeah, uh, help the customer use more of that EDP, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's that's the whole list. And that's what I hear. I mean, that we just got back from a seller conference and that's what I heard from a lot of our ISVs. When an AWS seller can go in and help vouch for the solution that an ISV is trying to place into an account because they have been enabled and because of the partnership, it goes a long way and it builds a lot of trust because given that they're already running their infrastructure with AWS, that seller has some trust already with that department. So their recommendations go a long way. Yeah. Uh, And then the last thing I would add here is I've been talking a lot about COSAL, but COSAL is not the only way to sell in the marketplace. And there is a lot of self-service and there is a lot at the end of the day, you know, Coastal has become very big because we are, you know, there are so many sellers out there doing a great job and they have earned the trust of the customer. But on the other side, there are self-service motions, like, for example, free trials. Free mm-hmm. trials is something we offer now in the marketplace. It's an easy way for an AWS customer to try out software. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be a great pipeline generator because they're already an AWS customer. They're already going to the marketplace and now they can do a free trial of your software and get very familiar with you, uh, with your software. And then by the time that they reach out to you for a, either a private offer or the public pricing, they've already are further down the funnel and have already done a lot of the motions 
invalidating that you know they're a customer that there's a need they're familiar with the software etc yeah nice that sounds great dave what's next for you in terms of ramping this up is it getting free trials what else are you looking at yeah, I'll echo a lot of the things that Felipe just mentioned. So sales communication, enablement, channel partner enablement, communication is critical because as we know, that's not a, a one and done. That's something that you have to continually do and, and really help them to understand the, the value. But also something that I've been really coaching the sellers on is that you have to be asking your customers and prospects often and early in the sales cycle. Are you currently purchasing via the marketplace? How are you spending down your EDP commitments? Getting those conversations mm -hmm. ongoing, getting them comfortable having those conversations, that's really important. We're doing a significant outreach via our SDR, our sales development team, to our customer and prospect uh, list, helping to identify um, you know, opportunities there, uh, bringing in our channel partners where appropriate. And then also, uh, Felipe mentioned the co-sell program. That's really about aligning our sellers with the AWS sellers, um, mm -hmm. registering opportunities, getting our sales reps to work with the AWS sales reps, because the AWS sales reps actually get quota relief and sales incentives as we register deals and as we sell via the marketplace. So the sales reps at AWS are really incentivized for us to sell this way. So it's about aligning in the field, doing account mapping and opportunities together. Felipe, a question for you. If a listener is out there but, and they've got a SaaS solution, but it's not hosted on AWS, is this still interesting to them? So uh, to list in the AWS marketplace as a SaaS solution, you need to be hosted in AWS. You or, do, okay. Or, or you could be hosted in on-premise or in a data center environment and then with a plan to, with a plan to transform workloads into AWS. Right. Uh, if it's going to be hosted in a different CSP, that normally we block that because at the end of the day, they're AWS customers. And when they're buying SaaS software, we want them to be able to guarantee that they're buying uh, software that runs on the AWS or, or a mixed platform. But we have a lot of architectures that are like agent-based architectures or even MFA type solutions, which is completely distributed. The, the agents are deployed on the endpoints and maybe just the management control layer is hosted in AWS and that's completely mm -hmm. viable. If you mm -hmm. are hosted on a different cloud and you are looking to work with the AWS marketplace, you know, the best uh, options to start working with our teams, we can look at, you know, does it make sense at some port transform part of the software stack so that it can support the, uh, the requirements for marketplace. Okay, good, good. That's helpful. All right, so let's go back to that reorg that was recently announced. So you've combined the Amazon Partner Network organization with the Marketplace organization. Why did you guys do that and what's the impact? Yes, so this is a question I'm very passionate about because I think it's uh, something that, you know, I lived on the other side. So I'll just, I'll just recap... Uh, I'll try to keep it brief, but basically when Marketplace first started with AWS, it was a service just like the other 200 plus services we have. We had very little adoption there at the beginning. We were just getting started. Meanwhile, we already had a very mature partner organization that was working with partners, helping them either grow their investments in AWS or co-sell with AWS outside of Marketplace. Remember, if your software is built in AWS, no matter how you sell your software, 
your footprint in AWS is going to grow as you grow if you're built in AWS. So we've, had, we've been partnering long before the marketplace. And when the marketplace was just getting started, just like everything else in AWS, we like to innovate quick and fail fast. It was a service. It had a very small team. And we were trying to disrupt how people actually go and procure software. So during those times, uh, you normally work with your partner manager for everything in your AWS partnership. And then they would bring the marketplace advisor to talk to you about anything regardless the marketplace service. Fast forward five years, uh, marketplace starts getting significant traction. We start releasing private offer, a lot of the things we've talked about in this podcast. And then what happens is a lot of our partners start wanting to lead with a marketplace uh, strategy. New ISVs that maybe don't have a traditional uh, channel modal, want to just mm -hmm. go all in on marketplace as their primary go-to-market uh, because they're trying to leapfrog some of the challenges with the traditional ways that software gets sold. And it started to becoming two types of conversations for our customers. They had the partnership conversation uh, with AWS partner teams, and then they had a marketplace conversation with the marketplace team. As this became uh, more and more of the primary motion and marketplace kept growing, we started hearing from all of our partners saying, it's, this is difficult. I'm, de I'm dealing with two different people for two different conversations. There's duplication of programs. There's duplication mm -hmm. of go-to-market motions. There's duplication of um, uh, design and programs that I can integrate. So we listened to our customers. We listened to them hard. And then this year, what we decided is, look, most of our customers are wanting to have either their primary or a strong go-to-market motion with Marketplace. It makes no sense for them to be talking about one team about partnership and one team about Marketplace. So we combine the, the Marketplace business development organization with the Amazon partner organization, which was a much larger group. And what that has let us done, as I was mentioning, Rob, is it really allows us to, one, decrease the partner development manager to partner ratio. Like before you could have somebody supporting 10 plus, 20 plus partners in some case, this uh, merging of organizations are gonna get, let us get those ratios much lower because we are basically combining the roles. And mm -hmm. at the same time, what we're doing is also we're streamlining a lot of the processes that we had that were manual so that they're much more self-service and that they're much more automated so that this can keep scaling the way that we want it to scale. I like mm -hmm. to think about it as traditional software sales. You start with direct, and then once you get direct and you figure out how you do direct, then you scale with uh, channel. Same idea with the marketplace. We've been going through these different phases of kind of growing and now to really get to the next stage of where our customers want us to be we have to be hand in hand with the channel and hand in hand with our ISVs and our partners. And that's what, uh, that's what drove this reorg. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like we're going to take advantage of that as well. Dave, uh, as we near the end of this, was there anything that you wanted to share that I didn't ask you about? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I love the uh, reorg. I mean, it's a natural synergy, as you said, you know, mm -hmm. we certainly will take advantage of it. Uh, a lot of channel partners were worried that, you know, they're going to be left out our deals are going to go direct or, you know, kind of cut them out via the marketplace. So this ties the two together. You know, it really enables that 
um, this ecosystem approach. ISVs, channels, selling through the marketplace, it's a great alignment and certainly one that we're gonna take advantage of. Yeah, we're real excited about being in the AWS marketplace, uh, partnering together with, AS, with uh, AWS, and then continuing to move uh, up level from a program standpoint and uh, moving towards what AWS has is uh, various competencies. Security competency is one where you get kind of uh, merit badges, if you will, on uh, various uh, certifications or different mm -hmm. uh, product offerings. So we're working yeah. towards that. Great. If any of the listeners want to uh, learn more, Dave, about your experience getting on the marketplace, are you open to them reaching out to you? Of like on course. LinkedIn? Yeah, no question about it. Okay, excellent. Felipe, same question for you. Anything that I didn't ask you that you, you want to shout about AWS Marketplace? I think the key here to say is with AWS Marketplace, we believe that the channel is going to be key for these next 10 years of growth. We're releasing more and more functionality to make it easier for companies just like yourselves and anybody else to leverage and energize our channel network through working through the marketplace. So always happy to the opportunity to evangelize some of that. And if any of you have any questions, uh, just like David, uh, feel free to reach out. I'll leave some contact information here in the show notes. And I really want to thank you for the opportunity to present here. Awesome. Great. Dave, thanks for sharing the BT experience on Marketplace. Felipe, thanks for sharing all your details, all the great work that you guys are doing. Really appreciate it. And Dave, we got a lot of great excitement coming on this Marketplace. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank all right. You. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure. There you go, guys. Some great insights from Felipe and Dave. The AWS marketplace is already 10 years old and now selling billions of dollars worth of technology. And it was a pretty big announcement that AWS merged their marketplace and partner teams, which should make it much easier to partner with AWS as you get on their marketplace and want to start co-selling. And if you weren't planning to list on the AWS Marketplace before this podcast, you heard a lot of reasons why you probably want to consider it. Thank you for listening today. Thanks again to our sponsor, Allbound. I've spoken with Allbound customers, and I can see why they have best-in-class reviews for user experience, ease of use, and customer support. If you're looking for an easier way to manage your partner ecosystem, it's worth checking them out at allbound.com. For today's show notes, just go to channeljourneys.com slash cj102. You can subscribe while you're there. If you enjoyed the show, again, please take a few minutes and leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Next episode, we're going to revisit a very important topic, hybrid co-selling with your partners, the hybrid sales model. You don't want to miss it. Until then, have an awesome channel journey.